Hi, everybody. Welcome to Doc Hard. This week, we're going to be talking about a documentary called Tickled. We found it on HBO. We highly recommend you watch it. But if you don't want to watch it, that's okay, because we're going to be talking about it. Everybody. Welcome to Doc Hard. This is Amy Cooey. This is Rebecca Guerra. And we're about to Doc Hard. Doc yeah. real hard. We're about to Doc it up. So this week we watched a documentary called Tickled. Have you guys seen this? <laughs> um, if you have, mm. a little a little shout out in the very beginning to Susan Harmon for oh, recommending this Susan. to us. And yeah. as we got into it, we just shook our little heads and went, Susan... <laughs> You little dirty birdie. You should have had a Susan counter for every time we did that. <laughs> oh, man. it happened quite a bit. For real. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Uh, this documentary took a turn real, real, real fast. Uh, basically, the first part of it, I was so excited to find out that I was going to be listening to New Zealand accents the whole time. <laughs> that was a major plus. Nothing like that. New Zealand accent oh, oh okay uh, documentary she's been working on it so it's good to hear it right off the bat good job amy documentary okay we'll try i buy it uh so we thought we were going to go on the lighter side of a documentary no 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 we dove into i mean some real real shit uh any documentary that in the first five minutes that starts with a guy eating a frog i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna happen it, it reminded me of a guy literally in high forgot school. about that. Well, it stuck with me because there was a guy in high school that bit the head off of a frog for five dollars for money for the kegger. He's putting Lord. money in his in his motorcycle helmet. I think his name was Pat. Anyway, uh, so this starts out with a, a company that a journalist mm-hmm. finds out about called Jane O'Brien Media, and. So he finds this uh, basically competition or sport, quote, air quotes, yeah, air if quotes, you will, air quotes. of uh, endurance tickling. What was, yeah. what was Competitive it? endurance tickling. Yes. Or CET, if you will. Yeah, if you will. I mean, he stumbles across this and you get a little background of him interviewing Justin Bieber and yes, the man with biting, eating the frog. That's that's how our day's been though. Is I forgot about the man who ate the frog <laughs> because of how quickly it spiraled out. Uh, watching mm-hmm. him learn more about this Jane O'Brien company, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a uh, it's just you know one of the many like Jane O'Brien Media with a picture of a random looking white couple. I don't even know what yeah. uh, who those people are. Uh, certainly not Jane O'Brien. Um, but they have all of these websites under that pseudonym. That's uh, basically yeah uh, men. I would say young men, uh, supposedly ages 18 to 23, I think is the demographic. Supposedly. And they're tied to beds, uh, different various beds, and just tickling the shit out of each other. Just like wearing their primary Kui. color Adidas shirts. 
<laughs> oh, it's very important that they wear Adidas shirts because Adidas is not a sponsor of this sport that I'm aware of, but they sure think that they're going to get somewhere like hey. like surfers and billabong. Hey, they're if it like, wasn't for corn we wear... teaching us what it stood for, then what would we even be wearing them for? Exactly. Uh, but Kui seemed to point out the fact that nobody tickles the way these guys tickle. I mean, Amy, just... Amy's a big tickler, and she what? she immediately, I think you are. You're not a tickler in the way that the people tickle for this video, which we'll get into, but you definitely, you enjoy, I think you, you're a tickler. I do. You're like, a physical person. I do like to pull the old horse munching corn on the knee. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing That's, that. That sounds more sexual than anything we watch in this duck. Horse munching corn. You know what I mean. Uh, Basically, folks, if you don't know what that is, you measure someone's knee from left to right, and then you take your thumb and your middle finger and you turn it from the front of your knee where your thumb is on your thigh. Then you take your hand and then you compress that part of the I leg. I hate it. And boy, does that horse munch that corn. This horse hates it. Don't do that to me. <laughs> she does um, hate it. I really hate it. Um, no, but these guys are doing this and like, oh, so the journalist, David, goes, you know, deeper into the story and finds out, you know, oh, these guys actually, you have to fill out a questionnaire. And one of the questions is, are you ticklish? And you better not lie on that because it's a big important part. And you're like, what does it really matter? But no, they are, they seem to be genuinely under distress yeah. in these videos. And, and then he starts getting guy like is hate added mail. On. Yeah, they start with one guy sitting on your chest. Oh, yeah. Digging your fingers into your armpits. And then a second guy sits on your lap, tickling your tum tum. Mm -hmm. And then you get a guy on one foot and a guy on another foot. You might even got a guy around the neck. Before you know it, there's six dudes just (laughs) going at every one of your body parts as you are leather strapped down to a bed. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. I mean, in just one of millions of videos, it seemed like. So, yeah, he gets deeper into this and then he starts getting these emails, like hate mail. Uh, and poorly written, might I add. Debbie J. Coon. Yeah. Debbie J. Coon of Jane O'Brien Media. Mm. But also Jane O'Brien herself, if that's a real person, which Amy and I from the get-go were like, that's, we call bullshit on that. Uh, yeah, Jane O'Brien of Jane O'Brien Media is emailing this one dude from New Zealand, like, no. don't come sniffing around here. And they call him all kinds of terrible names. And yeah, it just, just, you know, stay away from us and homosexuals aren't welcome. And it's like, do you not know who you're aiming this towards? Certainly not just Joe Schmo and Adidas. Right. Because, like, because there was clearly... actually never any indication that that journalist was they homosexual. Might have... They must have dug on him yeah. or something or found something in order to intimidate him to back off from investigating the situation. Yeah. Or it tells you that whoever it is sending the hate mail has some type of... You know, homophobia, look, comes in all forms. All forms. Uh, Hate comes in all forms. And this person is obviously hates himself a little bit. Um, But they keep calling it her and she and her and she. And it's Debbie and Jane and whatever. So, yeah. So we we went along with that for a little bit. Um, But I just think it's, yeah, it's real special that he's getting, like, hate email. So what does a journalist do when he gets hate email? He calls his buddy Dylan. And he's like, hey, Dylan, let's make a doc. And me and Amy were like, yeah, Dylan, do it. Yeah, make that doc. And he did. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, and there was, okay, so there's a word that I am, I, I apologize to anyone that knows exactly how to say it, but I believe it's Niederdichten. Niederdichten. It's always the German words. Gosh, I just. Remember in the 1001 Necht? Niederdichten. And what was that? What did that mean again? That's like the parent, uh, internet parent company. So like you have Jane O'Brien Media is like one host of all of these and it didn't take, you know, 
Dylan or David, the filmmakers, very long to uncover this, but it's like the parent company of all of those millions of, or thousands, I don't know, of websites where it's just like ticklingguys.com or whatever they were. Yeah. Or so, TJ yeah, this... likes to be tickled or Mark. Yeah. So that's an LLC, I believe, that's like in, you know, um, which they, you know, they're not the ones putting up the content, but they're the, which the ones like hosting it. Like somebody has to, you know, pay someone out there to let them do what they do and stream all that stuff. Yeah. So that, yeah, which they ended up tracing a lot of stuff later right. to it um, to find out exactly who is behind like Jane O'Brien and yeah. Debbie Kuhn. That's which I name. which I nicknamed her Kunt. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Immediately. Uh, one oh, point. Kunt. <laughs> uh, one thing that I'd like to point out to give myself a point for my needless knowledge because sometimes I feel really excited that what I know is actually cool, um, but it has to come from myself. They mentioned uh, a Canadian psychopath that mailed body parts to politicians in the very beginning of this documentary, oh, yes. and I was like, Becca. Oh my God, I think I know who that is. I think it's Luca. And if you guys don't know about Luca, be careful. Don't go down. Don't Be aware because yeah. it is a very sick and twisted story and involves some real terrible murder. Uh, so make sure that That's, you don't accidentally yeah. go too far on that. I, if you I, fall down that rabbit hole, you could end up seeing some videos that you don't want to see. So Amy, absolutely. wisely so, stop me from watching some things today? Yeah. You, you got to stop yourself because that shit can get you. Um, anyway, I just want to let you guys know that I'm really cool. Uh, so basically, with all of these emails and all of this stuff going on, they are sending people over to the Auckland International Airport to meet up with David to, to talk to him about not doing this documentary. Supposedly some lawyers. Lawyers, indeed. what they said. Yes. Boy. And I don't know. So he makes this amazing sign and stands in the <laughs> airport for hours waiting to figure out who these people are because they did not say what, what airline they would be on or anything like that. So he's got this sign. I wish I could tell you guys the font, but the only thing that I could call it is the onomatopoeia the, uh, the onomatopoeia font. Yeah. Well, it's like pow, bang, boom. So it's like, welcome, <laughs> welcome, Kevin. Welcome, Marco. Pulled right out of a Batman comic and is these what guys, this looks like. Exactly. These guys come off and they are so like seem seemingly very calm and nice and cool. Love the sign. Ask for it right away. Rude. And he's like, sure, <laughs> you can have it. And then as soon as, uh, what a, I, I believe his name is Marco, sees that they yeah. are recording, he like, I'm talking Jekyll and Hyde, just completely fucking flips. So one minute they're just like, yeah, we're going to rest up and then we'll talk to you tomorrow. I don't, I don't trust you. I don't respect you. And it's like, what the raz? And these guys don't even look like lawyers. Not that I'm trying to tell you that I know what lawyers look like, but you know. Marco looks like he could be a lawyer, but he's like, he would be the underdog lawyer in a film about somebody who's like, that guy's going to lose to Ed Harris. (laughs) And and then you're like, oh, wait, no, he's an asshole. I don't care about him. And then the other dude, I don't know what I also had to compare him to. Like, physically, I'm just, just saying physically. I'm not comparing his character at all to this man. But he looks like Bruce Falanche on a bad day. Like, he doesn't, he he's he's seen some shit and he's been through some shit. And then the third guy, uh, I, I don't even know. The kid that was in the commercial for Aaron Burr when he eats the peanut butter and he calls in for the milk commercial <laughs> and he's like, Aaron Burr. He's also in the um, uh, People Under the Stairs movie. 
You guys oh, remember no. that? Oh, no. Just a creepoid? Yeah. He, well, I think he noticed the camera. I don't know. It, like it, When he saw the camera, it was like a slow-mo, like, what? It was a collection it, of assholes, yeah, It everyone. was just like, are any of these guys lawyers because they don't know how to react to being filmed? And they mm-hmm. accept to say, I don't feel respected right now. And then storm off with their newly acquired sign. <laughs> yeah, that was really rude. I mean... That sign is probably going to be a cover photo, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the fact that they were saying that they didn't know how he was going to spin it, in my personal opinion, usually a good documentary, if it is good, doesn't spin anything. They just provide you the information. This seemed to spark Rebecca in a way (laughs) that I enjoyed because as soon as I said that out loud... She was. She just gave me this look, and I was like, hmm, this is going to be tasty. I personally think that good documentaries just provide the information, and then you're able to make up your own mind. But that's just me. I, I would agree that a good documentary would do that, but that maybe a good documentary doesn't exist because people always have their own opinions, myself mm. included. If I tried to put out there just this neutral opinion, but then over time or just learning about a subject got you know caught up in the moment – I could see myself letting my own opinion slip into the works. It's really hard. It's it's perspective. It's uh, opinion is perspective. And with any art form, whether it's a photograph or whatever you think of art, there it, you have to choose a perspective on it. You can't possibly just give like I mean, ideally, film when it first started was just like show, you know, here's here's a train moving. But okay, yeah. where did you shoot the train from? How did you shoot, you know, it all depends on so many factors that go into it that are all decision making. And so in the end, I think, you know, perspective and opinions do get, do get put into the mix, Mm -hmm. but I would love it if there was a completely neutral point of view on it. I just feel like, I mean, in this one too, like, you know, there's a buildup there, there's music, there's ways certain shots are, you know, like held longer than other shots. Yeah. Like for instance, the, when they realize that they're busted and on camera and being all sweet and like, you have the sign. Like the faces that they have, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't cut immediately after that. They kept mm-hmm. that shot for a while. Um, stuff that we'll get into later, but when he actually confronts some of the people behind this, the people that are harassing him, uh, you know, like those, I noticed like the music gets tense and in his yeah. voiceover, a lot of it voiceover. Well, sure, a I can lot figure of it, it like with like sound and editing and stuff like yeah. that. But for instance, the journalist, in my opinion, in this in this documentary, he's just trying to get to the bottom of something. He's not definitely saying for sure that this is the way he thinks or this is the way he thinks. He's just kind of going like, I would like to speak to you. I would like to know what you know. So, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, well, the investigation of it, look, he guys, is... I'm new into this documentary <laughs> thing. Just kidding. I've watched a lot of documentaries. But... Uh, You're no novice. Uh, he, no. The In the investigation of it, I agree with you. But after it's all said and done and there has to be an editing process, which they weren't the only, they weren't the editors and they weren't the actual, like, they weren't shooting it themselves. But he did say, and in the credits, he and his friend Dylan are the actual directors. So they have a big say in how it gets laid out and portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah, there's always some things that have to be omitted for time or for other reasons, um, and some things that are highlighted more than others. But I, with that said, I think it was one of the better ones just to lay out the facts and to lay it out in an interesting way, which is another thing. Like you can't just be, you know, boring as hell and not you know entice a viewer in some way. So sometimes you have to you have to feed them a little bit and then right. a little bit more. So I and I feel like it kind of went the pace of how he discovered things. So you're right. Like he investigated. And slowly uncovered and was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I got this email and then this email. And then I woke up the next day and there was phone calls. And so the, those kind of things, I don't think he was, you know, embellishing too much. 
But yeah, I do think that some of the stuff, like I vetoed one earlier that wasn't a doc, but just like some video where it started. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's certain things I hate. There's certain red flags where it's like in a town. Yeah. Like, no, don't Absolutely. talk like that. Use no. a normal voice. No. I mean, and just know this for you personally at home, we might've already mentioned this before. You are absolutely able to veto something if you don't like it. Don't feel like you have to watch a documentary just because everybody's watching it. If it doesn't tickle your fancy, then maybe you need to move on to the next one. And at some point that documentary will come and hit back home. For instance, you might find a band name out of a documentary. This one, (laughs) thread on mics. Yeah. I don't know. It's what I wrote down. So for instance, they do not bring uh, cameras into the boardroom that they're meeting in, but they are mic'd. How, okay, these pretend lawyers, we know that they're pretend. You know that they're pretend. They know that they're pretend. Yeah, you they're don't garbage. think that these guys don't have a microphone if they showed up with fucking cameras in a fucking airport? All right, what are you, new? And then you're going to start threatening him? What is this? The the When OJ is trying to get off from his fucking parole and he's like threatening the parole people if you guys haven't seen that look that up on youtube (laughs) anyway uh but Mm, the idea that these people don't even understand that they are possibly being recorded and still just Just try and threaten him and and put fear into him like that's freaking ridiculous and then the next day he's recording them again as they meet on the sidewalk and he's got a camera in his coffee and all you get is a sweet ass shot of some dad jeans with a 10 inch zipper and you're just like (laughs) they're still on this they're still trying to threaten this guy clearly he's Mm. not backing down so our client has so much money and like money is power and you should know better and and that's when like the ominous music comes in but you know that journalist was just thinking like this is gonna be my paycheck right here it's right. talking about you guys it's like yeah. going hey that steakhouse over there mm, it's not that good don't go to that steakhouse you don't want that steakhouse all i heard was steak four times <laughs> i want to try the steak for myself so tell me not to come after your company with millions you of poisoning. dollars and yeah and that's why i no longer eat meat no just kidding <laughs> uh so finally these guys are trying to figure out who they can talk to they're trying to find out uh, which one of the boys that they, at, at, well, I guess you could say young men, that they. Yeah, uh, some of them questionable. Yeah. As with any fetish type video, because let's face it, that's what these are. Yeah. If you don't know that when you're making it, it's probably a fetish video. <laughs> right. If you have to ask yourself. But yeah, some of them look pretty young. If it's too good to be true, it's probably, prob- probably yeah. not true. Someone's out there paying you right now. Yeah. Somebody's uh, going to drop a couple grand in your lunchbox just to watch you tickle somebody. Yeah. That's a fucking trap, okay? Don't do it. Please. I mean, do it if you want to. Do it if you want to. But yeah, also, it's it. a trap. Yeah, absolutely. So they find TJ. God love TJ. Oh. They offer him two grand. He was a little down and out. And all I can think about at this moment is the my favorite game that I love to play uh, with uh, Tyler Davis, if you're listening. How much money would it take for you to do something? <laughs> like, for instance, I've said, Tyler, oh, how much money would it take for you to take a hard-boiled egg and put it up your butthole? He never answers because he... shell? No, no shell even. Oh. Come on. What are you saying? I don't know. So poor TJ, he's down and out. His family's down and out. So he decides to take two grand in order to be a part of the tickle videos so the 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 saddest part about it is is that he doesn't realize how much it's going to completely change his life and absolutely affect everything that he does he said he had somebody in his family and not that this is the only reason you would do something like this but somebody in his family had cancer he was hard up for cash like yeah you know people prey on you know people that are down and out so yeah i I side with him 100 percent um 
he's an adult. He makes his own decisions. Mm-hmm. But then come to find out, he agrees to do it. And then they basically... Well, as soon as he decided to back out, as soon as he's like, okay, I don't feel good about this. I'm not going to do this anymore. That is when they decide to email, I mean, even down to where he coaches football, saying that he is a child molester, saying that he is a pedophile. Always the homosexual, but homosexual, a pedophile. You don't want someone like this on your team. You don't want like someone like this near children. Like, specifically targeting, again, Debbie Kuhn or whoever. Kuhn. Yeah, targeting all of his, uh, I think, relatives even? I don't yeah. know. They, like Any everybody part in his of life, his life that they could. Publicizing his address, his Facebook, his email, like, all of this personal information on the internet. Like, I I don't know. I, 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 again, I 100% feel for the guy. But, again, if you're out there and you're interested in maybe picking up a little easy money, just know that money's never easy and people... We'll take advantage of anyone who's vulnerable, and that could be you. Yes. So just use this as a warning. Well, and also, you know, a, a little PSA, watch what you say about people because you have no idea who it's going to get to. And unless you're actually telling the truth about somebody, that could ruin their life, yeah. you know? It, and in turn, ruin yours. Yeah, it's absolutely, because guess what? Anything that you do will always make its way back to you. So, you know, whereas you might say somebody has blood on their hands in another situation, Somebody's got something else on their hands in this situation. Tickled him, right? Okay, so one of the ways that they tried to uh, lure poor TJ into this was saying that it was a way to practice uh, military torture. And Rebecca said that was the most inventive excuse for porn she's ever heard. She, uh, mm. she got me tickled I mean, on that one. I've heard a lot of, re- like, oh, no, I wasn't watching porn. I was watching this. It, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm doing research for uh, for the military, Mom. Yeah. Or for just, the fact uh, that you might be in the military. And if you are in a in hand-on-hand combat situation, yeah. that tickling could save your life. Mm. I mean, okay. Tickling's the new waterboarding? Yeah, maybe. No, I don't know. Drip, drip. i mean or as another wonderful quote becca said not a real sport nothing oh no he said this isn't a real sport and becca says nothing gets by you (laughs) (laughs) good old tj5 push-up what no what's he doing they do a close-up on him like doing reps with a barbell and i'm pretty sure maybe it's 100 (laughs) pounds maybe not i don't know the bar is 15 it's been a long time since i weight lifted but they started and he's breathing and he's like okay okay and then they close up and he's like one two three four five down. <laughs> it's like that's how he got yeah, those biceps. Dad. That's how you get the real tickle muscles. So then we meet a lovely character. And by lovely I mean creepy uh Richard Ivy. Oh. So in nineteen ninety-nine he just wrote up a little business plan for his tickle fetish page that ended up hey. taking off to the point where he could quit his day job in order to record people being tickled or him tickling others. With a dirty toothbrush. With a dirty electric toothbrush. He brings out the box and there's shit in that box, y'all. Like a like a hairbrush. Like some wet feathers, feathers. some dusters. And then right in the middle is an electric toothbrush. And I looked at Becca and I said, oh, God, it's dirty. Oh, it's dirty. Yeah, what it was they like use green. that for? He ended up using it on chest hair and nipples and backs. Look, 
I'm not, I'm not against this. If you're into tickling, I support you 100%. Find out who you are and what you like. I only wish I knew that I wanted to be tickled with an electric toothbrush. I haven't figured that part of my life out yet. So I'm not downing you. But if I'm just did, looking at that toothbrush like, get another, a new, an, the bristle a new head. attachment. Yeah. yeah. Come on. If you did find out that you were into tickling, you would for sure wash your tickle devices yeah. regularly. Let's, let's just get, practice safe tickling. You guys, safe tickling. Don't clean get tickling. tickling or something weird from no, tickling. No. Um, but no, he was able to quit his job and do tickling full time. You can afford another toothbrush. No sir. shit. And then also. But I applaud him for living his life out loud and not being like secretive Jane O'Brien, whatever that is. Um, yes. But but yeah, I agree. He's, he's a little creepy. But what happens bit. when he goes to a dinner party? <laughs> what happens when he's sitting across from somebody and they're like, what do you do, Richard? Does he just outrightly say that he runs a tickle fetish so. website? I would be ecstatic to go to a dinner party. And <laughs> let me preface that by saying I don't necessarily like dinner parties. I like them mm. in theory, not in practice, because mm-hmm. it makes me very nervous. Mm-hmm. But if I sat down across from somebody and I'm like, Hi, how you doing? And I'm like trying to eat something and be all polite and neat and not spill it everywhere. And then he's like, Oh, I'm, I um, promote tickle fetishism and I have a website. And I'd be like, Come again now? And I'd she scoot gently my chair puts up. down her spoon <laughs> and slides her soup bowl over to the side and puts both elbows on the table and goes, Yeah. Yes. Amy nailed it. I would do exactly that. <laughs> Except I might make a lot more noise with my chair and not give a shit. She's like, Err, err. Yes, Richard Ivy, tell me more. As I take notes about his life on my phone. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so there's a point that it might be. I don't know. I I'll have to wait and see once we get through it. But it might be my favorite point in the in the documentary when he's tickling this guy. And okay, ladies or men, whomever enjoys a um a a, a well put together form. Uh, the guy that is strapped to this chair. It, come to find out, when you're strapped to a chair, it, make sure. Uh, upper body muscles look really good because oh, they're like sure. all stretched out and they're yeah, like they look flexed, great. Good for you, them. You're being tickled, so you're constantly flexing. This actually could possibly be a new way to have a new exercise regime. So if you got a chair that ties <laughs> you down, have somebody tickle you. You're gonna be working those glutes, those abs, no. those side thingies, the top thingies, all those muscles. I'm the telling thingies. you, you're gonna get a little tight, tight squeeze, squeeze. So this guy, he's 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 um taken care of. Let's just say. <laughs> And this guy's tickling him with his like one little finger looking yeah. like a gonzo nose in his, his armpit. We don't know. But they start this slow-mo music and do this close-up on fucking Richard's face. That's what makes him creepy too. It, See? Perspective. I was just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. This is making me so uncomfortable. When it finally ends, because this this goes on for a long time. And if you're wondering how long... I looked at the video recording time, <laughs> 140 minutes of tickling. Yeah. It kind of is a sport. It, I, would, I would say more of a torture. Yeah, I would have been crying by then. Oh it wouldn't have been God. attractive. He, I hope that he didn't drink anything for at least two hours before that. Otherwise, it would have turned into a whole other fetish. And you said that earlier. You said that. We both said it. We were okay. both thinking it. So speaking of things someone said, Rebecca... Always oh teaching me because she's the most intelligent person I've ever met. Um, oh boy, it, it's true. She's very smart. People, so she tells me about, and you probably all are going to go. We all know about that. We all know about the internet, Amy. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> look. I just saw a sneezing panda, and I'm just kidding. So, rule thirty four. 
does anybody know about this? I did not know about this. I'm so behind. I'm so naive when it comes to the internet. I don't know what's happening. I don't know anything about the dark web. I've only heard people talk about it. And I'm just curious. Like, It's not how even the dark even... web. It's just the regular web. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I hear people talk about the internet. I'm like, whoa, that sounds crazy. I just look up words in the thesaurus. I mean, Which is also a valuable tool. And don't forget it, people. Exactly. It really helps in resumes. I need a job. So rule 34 <laughs> apparently is... Um, where you can make anything uh, porn. Yeah, anything you think of. There's different forms of of, the way they phrase it, but the way I found out about it was because I worked uh, at a place where a bunch of guys, uh, union workers, and a plant worked, and I'm not stereotyping, but I'm just saying, this is how I learned about it, where the guys came in and were like, yeah, Rule 34, and I was like, what are you saying? And so it's anything you can imagine as porn, there you can find uh, pornography of it on the internet. I think it's as simple and as like you could put do door and porn. Door porn. And something's yeah. going to come oh, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Like we said earlier, practice safe Googling everyone. Yeah, be ready. Because you're going to fall down some rabbit holes. And sometimes it's fun. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I've ruined Pokemon forever. Which or is sometimes what, you're never going yeah. to be able to look at something the same. Or yeah. it's always going to be burned into your mind forever. Be careful. It's really... I can't say it enough, guys. Um, so we then meet Terry DeSisto. She's tickle obsessed. And she works with this man named David Starr. Lots of Davids in this doc. Yeah. Uh, and he's the casting director. And he's basically, he ends up laughing at the fact that as soon as he takes away the tickle videos from this woman, the, the ability to cast them, the, the ability to uh, tape them, all of the things that go into that. Because he's doing all the legwork. He's doing all the legwork. For a woman he's never met, mm-hmm. that he only sees a picture of, and this is from that looks probably David, like a I think I'm saying it right, friend David of my Ferrier? sister's from the 80s. Hmm? He does look like I, you guys. Blonde hair. Totally She's got 80s the, sister's um, friend. The, the flower bangs. Uh, the the kind of wavy permy not permy hair with the black wrap classic senior portrait um yes. this is the picture that's associated with her uh with her her name and her profile or what have you but this poor man david star he he's like kind of awkwardly laughing about the fact that she's like yeah she's going through a tickle withdrawal or something i don't know god love this man meanwhile he is getting as soon as he tells this air quote, woman, no, he then starts getting letters, birthday cards, emails. Zodiac style. Like, Becca, I mean, she straight up was like, why does this guy write like the Zodiac killer? So, I mean, threatening him, uh, talking about his dead brother. Just terrible stuff. Which, it starts out like it's it's a rhyme and then it it turns into, and I I kind of wish I wrote it down, but I also don't want to give it any more power because fuck that. But it turns into like a really poorly written, like poor grammar, poor spelling. Mm -hmm. So it's like not the most educated person is the impression that you get, which also relates back to uh, Debbie Kuhn (laughs) and the others. So this is all what, um, I'm going to, David Ferrier? Is that how he pronounces it? It's hard because he's a Kiwi, and I don't know how to say it the way he says his own Oh, name. the journalist? Yeah. Uh, that David. But yeah. that David, the journalist David, the filmmaker, uh, is falling down his own kind of rabbit hole just in researching, mm-hmm. and so that's how he finds them. So, yeah, so he's just literally talking beside this other David Starr's uh, trunk and, like, pulling out bags of letters. Bags and of letters. Shit. And he's like, here's one I never opened before. And it's like... 
many did you get? And like his mom would get it and she would put little post-it notes on it. That's like, here's another, what she said, another nasty thing. Another nasty thing. God love mothers everywhere. Call your moms. Okay. (laughs) So one thing that I thought was very interesting, and this is plugging probably a documentary that we will absolutely cover at some point. So this is a good chance, uh, if we can remember to do this, to talk (laughs) about documentaries that we definitely want to share with you guys and our opinions about it. Um, so there's a documentary out there called Extraordinary. Uh, please, oh Lord, please go watch it. I don't even care what you believe or what you don't believe. I think anyone could find something to enjoy in this documentary. Watch it so, with the lights out. Watch it with the lights out. Because uh, it might just scare you when you're camping uh, to watch the solar <laughs> eclipse like it did me last week. Um, so there is a, not no spoilers, I promise, unless you listen to the episode where we talk about it. But there is a recording that calls uh, the guy in Extraordinary. And I swear to God, it's the same fucking thing. It was not giving me, I'm like, wait, are they like calling people? Is this what they do? And they're like, are we calling people about being tickled? Or are we calling people about aliens this week? I, oops, I don't know. Check your notes. Oh, oh, it's tickled, tickled. Hello, we're talking to you about being tickled. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys have to totally check out Extraordinary on Netflix. So he blames poor David Starr, the casting director for Terry DeSisto. Is like, yeah, they're probably on crystal or taking cocaine up the ass. <laughs> which what? I didn't know existed outside of the Wolf of Wall Street movie. <laughs> which, by the way, guys, I love it. Go watch it. Yeah. If you ever, if you ever needed something to do in your spare time, just grab a straw and some good old cocaine. When Amy watched that movie, Sidebar, uh, she was like, oh, that's just ruining the coke. <laughs> Not that, God. not like she gives a shit, but she was like, "That's Amy for you." Is to to note the the lack of cleanliness in a scene that has nothing to do with anything. Just going for that joke. Boy, is my face red. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, yeah. So, oh my God. Um, <laughs> wow, she really got me on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so. Uh, we're going to take a small break on that. <laughs> uh, go on ahead and get yourself another another work snack. Because if your work has snacks, take advantage of that. Uh, or maybe another little bit of coffee. Don't burn your mouth because you still have a little bit more time to go listening to Daka. <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you want to be rich? Do you want to be successful? Do you want to live a life of luxury? Well, good fucking luck with that. Well, if you'd like to hear about real life and things, listen to us on Inferior Men, a universe head podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. Find us at inferiormen.com, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. I'm, should we do like, I'm Chris, I'm Steve? <laughs> <laughs> and then Kat. Yeah, that's, that's probably perfect. good. Wait, yeah. should we do like, I'm Chris? Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's actually the pot. That's the pot right, right there. Yeah. 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 Like, how do we make this pot? There we go. Uh, how do we, uh, yeah, that's good. So the crazy part about all of this is who does all of this over tickling? Uh, we realized that possibly tickling could be sponsored by AOL for the fact of how many oh, times man. people plugged AOL during this uh, documentary. Do you guys remember that? How many of you 
how many how many of you people out there remember that <laughs> show of hands oh, it was so exciting back in the day that's the dial-up <laughs> that's not how it sounded i know it but it was really annoying and i don't want to do like an actual impersonation of it because i want you to keep listening to us so all of a sudden we learn a little bit more about david p damato tomato tomato Let's call the whole thing on, because as soon as they start finding this dude, it's just like law and order, just like do do close up. David Diamato, assistant fucking principal. This is the first time in watching documentaries ever with Rebecca Guerra that she just goes ha way out loud, yeah, and is so like it's almost like she. Just knew that this guy yeah. was going to be a part of a school system. I like it when I call it. It doesn't mm. always happen. I mean, it, as a person, I am not a uh, quote-unquote actual teacher. I did not go to school to teach, but I have taught for 10 years. Oh, yeah. And it, and it kind of freaks you out, like thinking about who is responsible for your children, who is looking after our youth, and what kind of influence they have on them. So meanwhile, you've got someone that worked in 10 different schools, I think they said, in yeah, 10 years. 10, 10 schools in eight years? Eight, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. outrageous. That Which is a even huge like, red flag. As they're flag. interviewing, uh, was it another journalist? They were So they went mm. around like... I think they, her name was Debbie. <laughs> so it was Debbie. Um, as they interview other people, uh, learning about this person that someone else has already like tried to path and learned about, um, they realize that, yeah, it's setting up all kinds of red flags. So not just, you know, with you, the viewer, us, the viewers, but also with these actual established uh, people whose job it is to investigate other lives. So you're like, mm-hmm, okay, I feel a little justified here. And that's kind of where my ha came from. But yeah, no, a uh, separate, uh, but also relevant plug. Amy, by the way, is a fantastic teacher and I don't take that lightly. That's an important profession and one I believe in deeply. And so when you hear about something like this, I'm not laughing like, you know, ha ha, our system is flawed. I mean, it is, but it's just like, ha, I knew it yet again. Somebody slipped through the cracks and it should not be something that can happen so easily. Um, You shouldn't be lucky to have a good teacher. It should just be the norm. And I feel like more often than not, um, I mean, we even kind of made a, a side joke about it, but not really a joke, but just like you know, what kind of school does he work for? Because you hear about this way too often in the media. And it's also true that there there's tons of people that get into this business for the wrong reasons. And they're just, mm-hmm. they're horrible. There's people that sending out hate mail to, to people that are investigating them for creating fetish porn. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I, this guy, this guy. So basically we're slowly finding out that, he is well david our journalist is basically trying to prove that david diamato is a part of jane o'brien or is jane o'brien and also debbie j coon so you're kind of finding out uh, also terry desisto uh that he is uh, pretending to be all of these women and you even find a part where he is basically saying that he stole social security numbers from people that had passed uh and yeah terry being one of them so you have this Becca, stock image goes, of terry poor dead terry <laughs> and she goes plot twist the real terry was not ticklish 
That's <laughs> not funny, but so funny. I'm I bet you, you, though. I bet you if you have oh, serious family. Her dark, delicious sense of humor is like a fucking bonbon. I tell you what. So, you know, we're finding out slowly that he's pretending to be these other people. And we find yet another young man that is willing to talk to the journalist. And I forget his name. Apologies. Uh, but he is uh, an MMA fighter. And oh, yeah. so we find out at this part that apparently, if you guys didn't know this, fun fact, that uh, tickling is not a rule in MMA. It's okay. I, I've heard okay. many times that MMA is no holds barred, no, like everything goes. Everything and I'm goes. like, not everything though. And I've watched a couple of fights and no. It, Apparently I, tickling is okay in the octagon. Yeah, but who would ever do it? Yeah, this guy was like, if, so, if, if, if I decided to tickle a guy to get out of submission, that guy's going to punch me in the fucking face <laughs> as soon as I get out of that fucking ring. That's and it's fair. Like, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine me like, tickle, 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 I'm going to get you. And this guy's trying to fucking sidekick you in the thing. You're just like, I'm going to get your armpits. Also, what if you were the other fighter who got, who like who got taken tickled? aback by tickling? Oh my God. You know, if you reacted to tickling, because you just, you weren't expecting it and you're ticklish. Right. And, and sadly, like, you in would this probably world, be blacklisted. Absolutely. In this world, all of a sudden, some of the people that they showed in the audience... I'm not judging, <laughs> but some of the people that they showed in the audience, I do not think that they would be very pleased seeing no. someone being tickled You're instead of kicked in the head. Those people at picnic tables. Oh, Lord. Arena. I mean, look, I... Standing I, for the national anthem. I don't ever, ever, ever want to see anybody that I know fight. But when you are watching a fight for sport, I assume those bloodthirsty folks are not going to want to see your index finger come out into an armpit. Um, so anyway, I thought that that was an interesting Tickle thing. Of death. <laughs> One thing that he also mentioned, uh, based off of uh, him being a part of this tickle ring, if you will, is that uh, I believe it was Terry DeSisto mm -hmm. that was insisting on him helping uh, find more people to where they would go into a hotel room, strip the bed, and just start a good old-fashioned wrestle tickle fight on the mattress mm -hmm. and record it. And he basically uh, said that Asians and redheads are primo uh, oh, because yeah. the fact that they are uh, a little bit different. And I was like, okay, this is – because most most of the boys – uh, men, young young men that were a part of this that they show in the documentary. Uh, like well-toned white males. White males. Yeah. Um, so the idea that now it's getting into, it's like, God bless them. They're being lured by new cars. They're being lured by toys. They're being lured by toys, meaning things like consoles. Um yeah, this well, the MMA fighter said that his friend, who I think was the redhead that they showed in the next shot, got uh, offered a brand new like twenty thousand dollar car, and plus other, thirty thousand dollars, right? Cash up front, all kinds of things. Which yeah, like the recruiters are going out and doing all the work, and this person hide behind hiding behind a pseudonym is just constantly pushing and being a bully, and so you know, which not okay in any sense of the word, but like 
you know, and again, they're all adults and I don't want to say that, you know, they fell into their own trap, but uh, plenty of people get, get caught up in a world of, of any type of fetish. Absolutely. And if you're enjoying it and you're doing it for yourself, then that's great. But if you're doing it under the guise of it's something else or you don't right. know what, quite what you're doing, that's where the problem right. is. These boys like, have, I don't blame young men have no idea right. what they're actually getting into. They're getting into the fact that it, they're a college student or coming from an area uh, where they might need assistance and mm-hmm. going, okay, this will help me get on top. This will help me get started. Right. This is a small break that the world is giving me right. in order to and make no one myself will ever something. Know. No one will ever right. need to see it. And then they come to a point where they have enough money and but they pull away. Like this, the fighter folks, said, if there's something where you think it's going to get you ahead and it just feels a little weird, don't do it. Yeah. If it feels okay. too easy, it's too easy. We said it before. We'll say it again. If you ever really truly believe that you're going to make something of yourself, stay, stay on, stay, stay in your heart's path, mm-hmm. if you will. And if your heart's path is to tickle somebody for money, okay, do it. We believe in you. But a lot of these guys are like, I no. didn't, you know, they this do is like the five exact push-ups. opposite thing. And that this they wasn't... want anything mm-hmm. to have to do with their lives. I mean, and for the fact that all of a sudden you're then approaching your friends based off of how they look going, Oh, I'm a part of this thing. And they love redheads. Come on, buddy, let's go. And then, I mean, and then stripping a hotel mattress and that's where you got a question. Just wrestling down with your index fingers. Good Lord almighty. So one other thing that Becca, this is, this is a new thing that might happen in our podcast. Uh, A doc tip. Rebecca said, no cold calling a multi-billion dollar law firm with an accent. <laughs> so this okay. guy, our journalist, he starts calling to find out more about David Diamato. And he just starts cold calling these gigantic <laughs> businesses. And they're like shutting him down every five minutes. What no, was it? No, D'Amato. No, no. I'm going to get this wrong. D'Amato and Lynch. D'Amato and something. His mm-hmm. father, George. Mm-hmm. George D'Amato is or was... Uh, uh, one of the higher ups in a, a law firm, a, I'm, a, I'm sure a, an established law firm in New York. Uh, these filmmakers, bless them, they go there. They're still investigating all of the stuff on their own dime. I don't even know how they paid for all these flights. Um, so they get to New York. They're standing outside the law yeah, first firm. First class all the way to Auckland. I, I don't know if it was first class. The last time to I checked fair. a flight to Australia, because that's one of my bucket lists, I think it was like five grand total. Just to just to fly there, like yeah. whenever whenever it's the cheapest, right? Not just jumping on a plane tomorrow on first class. I assume that's like at least eight grand. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they dropped some money on For this. I'm sure folks. they had some help. Um, but you know, uh, all in the name of truth. So good job, guys. Mm. But they they get to New York and their idea for a good shot, which I can't disagree. It's been done before. Is to stand in front of the law firm or the building supposedly where the law firm is, and to call. Uh, the reception desk, right? Just cold because call. She knows he's what's holding going the on. phone in his hand. And he's just like, "Hi, I'm." Uh, no, that sounded like receptionists don't know what's going on. They do know what's going on, but come on, that's I mean, not really where you're gonna break in. Exactly, you're not gonna crack the dam with that. I one. I want to know more about. I'm not gonna try the accent. I want to know more about George and David's relationship. And the receptionist I is know like, more about George and "I live David's in Jersey, and I don't." There you go. She's. You know, I was ready to make fun of you for this accent, and it's you're you're kind of nailing it. I want it. I hear it. Um, and and the receptionist is is literally like you can hear in her head the wheels turning. Like she doesn't give a shit about this. Why should she? And this is the wrong person to call. And this is where it kind of gets a little like mm, you say that you say that their point of view. If you're in a job, like 
I don't ever want to offend anyone ever. And this just sounds like I'm going to offend someone. But if you're in a job that you don't really care about and you want to keep that job, you are not going to sacrifice your job to help sure. something that you're not sure what it's do about. You think, do you think, though, that Dylan, who's one of the filmmakers, who's his buddy, who he says at the beginning is kind of the nerd, who uncovers some of the things, which I don't, I'm not even sure how he stumbled across, like, David Amato. Like, it was something, they, they lightly touched on it, but it was, like, a document that they uncovered with his name on it, or an email that was on the internet with his name on it, or he mm-hmm. sent to somebody where he slipped up and he mm-hmm. gave out his real name. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. So he gives out his real name, and they find that, and they find more and more and more. Do you think somebody like that would let his buddy go on camera, you know, like, yeah, David, just go ahead and and, and call call, call, call this. Yeah, I, I feel like that was that's where it comes to. Straight up Googling the number and being exactly. like, I'm just going to call. I've done that with I'm going to take the train that's probably job, $10. <laughs> it's a train that is probably $10 all the way to wherever that, you know, that business is. Those kind of things where I'm like, that was a little bit for, you know, for the movie. For the camera. But. Uh, he does it nonetheless, and, and and I can't say that I would be the perfect investigator in his position, but he does it nonetheless. The receptionist doesn't give him much. What They go on to stake him out. Right. <laughs> they, but... they find as much as they can about the man and keep keep digging, keep digging, and I respect them for that. But, but yeah, I but did, I did laugh when I, when I heard that part. What, but, but, oh, boy. When you, you know, okay, it's the thing I don't like about horror movies, but the thing I do do like about true crime the big and reveal. documentaries the big reveal of mm-hmm. who what your monster looks like so for the fact like insidious great horror film but as soon as i see the monster i'm like ah my imagination kid was better creepy though so for instance we finally see our quote-unquote monster and becca goes fucking john wayne gacy looking motherfucker <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. He did. He looked like a very uh, average, Mm -hmm. kind of doughy-faced. Doughy-faced. Like, just like someone that you would run into on the sidewalk, and you just might give a smile and a nod. You might even have a nice, pleasant exchange about the weather. Meanwhile, this guy, I don't even... The idea of touching his keyboard makes me want to vomit. <laughs> like, you guys know. Back you work with people and you look at their keyboard and you're like, yeah. Oh, gross. Keep your keyboards well, the, clean. Yeah, the, the profile of him, it reminds me a little bit of the Zodiac <laughs> film, the most recent one that David Fincher directed, which is an amazing film and you should watch it. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that mixed with when they, well, okay, so when they stake him out in person even, which kudos for doing that. I thought they parked a little far. Again, filmmaking. I don't know. They parked a little far for realistic purposes. And when they finally got behind him, I'm like, which car is it? Because I even lost track. Um, and then when they, they approach him, or David, the filmmaker, approaches David D'Amato, I even I think I even said, like, I compared him to Steve Bannon. He did not look young. He did not look healthy. He definitely had some anger in his voice as soon as when he you, noticed he was being approached. When you do evil things and you're practicing evil in your life... It takes a toll on your body. Fucking fight me. Yeah. Because as Becca just said, Steve Bannon, but also like, like what, what was the name of that machine in Princess Bride? Oh, when, when they like take the life, they I think suck the life that from Wesley. The time a couple years like ago. that is what I feel like happens to people that are practicing 
evil. Yeah. Whatever that word means to you. Like not, granted, not some the... people may say, oh, this is an, isn't an evil practice. I would say, uh, chickity check yourself before you riggity wreck yourself because <laughs> they're taking down these young boys' lives. Right. But and not the, not the filming of it, but just the deception of it. And then the attacking mm-hmm. someone for being homosexual right. because clearly that's why you're doing it in the yeah. first place. This Otherwise, guy, you'd have this guy women is in not films. an old guy and he looks, he looks weathered. Well, now he's he looks uh, rode hard and put up wet, if you will. <laughs> uh, that's a saying from the South. Um, so, a, for yeah. instance, we finally get to a point one hour and 25 minutes in, which is way into the documentary. And I wrote it down because that's when David, our journalist, says, that's when it gets crazy. I was like, what? <laughs> so apparently Becca will be able to explain this a lot more as she is, like I said before, uh, one of the most intelligent people I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the internet. Uh, I don't understand computers. Um, what, what's Twitter? I don't get it. Uh, so she <laughs> says, uh, so basically, okay, I'm going to try and explain this. I'm really sorry, guys. You're all going to be like, huh? Yeah, I know. So there's the domain names. And then under the domain names that the journalist finds is the directory listings. And then within that is the My Documents. Because basically he goes back to the beginning because he's just like, okay, after confronting this man, we have no idea uh, if we're actually on the right path. We have no idea if he's a part of Jane O'Brien. We have no apart, uh, We have no knowing if he's a part of all of these things. So they go back to the beginning. And basically uh, they find <laughs> that there is a my doc my document that they can open up that is completely incriminating him with his name becca basically just goes www www.myidentity.com <laughs> <laughs> so funny he saved it in the worst possible spot it's like my work computer because i don't i mean anybody can check into my work computer at any time and i literally have an outlook I don't, I don't mind sharing this. Uh, I literally have an Outlook a folder that's called My Passwords because if anyone needs to get into anything while I'm out there, sure. they can easily find it. But this is what David D'Amato did on the internet. I don't... Look, Amy's selling me very highly right now. I, I, I will say I hope I'm intelligent enough to understand all of this and explain it. Um, but I, the way I understand it, yes, that's how pretty much how she explained it. So they went deeper into his background, which I think was mostly Dylan's uh, doing and, you know, trying to figure out, like, is he related to this Terry DeSisto? How does, you know, that relate to Jane O'Brien media and all this? And what they found was literally what she said, a, a web domain that was just, oh, let me click on this folder and then a hundred and something, I want to say 160 documents or something. And one of them was like literally his signature, Daniel Zamato. And I'm going to butcher this again. What is the German, uh, the parent company again? Oh, my goodness. You're so uh, bad at German. I love German. Niederdichten. Nieder... Niederdichten. Nieder... Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. So that was literally oh. one of the documents where it showed his name associated with that company, which is, again, uh, hosting all of the Jane O'Brien sites. And there was way more than that. And it was just like there was irrefutable evidence that he was connected um, so, and not to mention the fact that like they were led down this path and obviously presented the Terry DeSanto stuff early to us, the viewers, because they knew that the two were linked. Cause there's yeah, no I mean, way this that was somebody like sends the Louis Vuitton dress bag of the OJ case. <laughs> All of it was right fucking there. Yeah. There's no way that somebody sends those kind, kind of emails and is 
it's exactly the same type of email. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, when they link a killer to a case from the seventies, because he also left the same bloody footprint. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's that, that's just damning evidence right there. And so, yeah. And so they confront him and of course he's denied, 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 or I'm going to threaten you with a lawsuit because that's what he's done, done all the time because that's what his daddy did. So then they call his stepmom. Stepmother. Oh, God love her, you know, leave it up to a stepmom to give your fucking checkpoint (laughs) list on all the things that is fucked up with you. Yeah, his ex-stepmom. So uh, uh, just give that just tasty checkpoint list of what's wrong with you and why uh, why it was an issue and why it was a problem. So if you're wondering what that checklist is, I have it right (laughs) here. So first, she goes over the fact that he had poor David D'Amato, D'Amato D'Amato. Um, he had a very overbearing father. I would assume that any trust fund baby has an overbearing father because guess what? Your dad probably worked really fucking hard for that money and he's just giving it to you. I'm not, okay. That sounds like I'm against trust fund kids. Bless your hearts. Like way to go. I'm proud of you. Now, depending on how you got that money, how your father or mother or anyone in your family got that money. It's how you act with that money. It's what you do with that money. I mean, I wish this motherfucker was addicted to world hunger instead of fucking tickling because he could actually make a difference in this world having $5 million mm-hmm. behind his back. But yes, okay. From his yes, mama too. From his mama too. So, okay, he's got an overbearing father. Apparently... His stepmother did not know if she she had even asked him and even talked to his uh, father about him being homosexual. And his father was like, uh, she she asked him, what would you do if he was gay? He was like, um, I guess I would just deal with it along those lines. Which I'm, I'm butchering that His a wife bit. is asking him, so you have to imagine that it's under a certain pretext. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not like, how do you feel about homosexuality in general? It's probably it's right before own... they went to bed taking mm-hmm. off their silk slippies, and then she just turns over on the right. other side of the king-size bed. And she, I mean, she maybe have watered it down, too. Sure. So she asked her husband, how do you feel about your son if he was gay? And obviously he came out against it, but I would deal with it. But I would deal with and it. She goes on to say, like, well, you know, I know he was wishing that he would have more children or, you know, like grandchildren. Of so, course, yeah, you have so, that mon- much money, I would only assume that you would want some kind of heir. Big shocker that David D'Amato's uh, parents rejected his homosexuality, which I, I'm, I think it's safe to say that he had, he had, he was not just a heterosexual. Like, he had some type of, you know, you don't have to be into a fetish in right. order to, like, embrace that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is, a hundred percent as Terry DeSanto as Terry or I'm sorry, as um uh Jane O'Brien or whatever, and I'm sure in other facets of his life, is a hundred percent recruiting specific types of males to do these videos, it's safe to say, and his bullying tactics as well, and presenting himself as a female, it's safe to say that he had some, you know, feelings that he was for sure oppressing. Tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. In his own life. So, uh, but yeah, because his father was probably, you know, oppressing them as well. And he didn't get out much. What else? He didn't, yeah. He, yeah. So he never I mean, got to play with the other overbearing kids. father. And then uh, uh, a close second was the fact that he was extremely close to his mother. Nothing is wrong with that. Like, well, we're only stating things that the stepmother said. We're not ever, 
uh, coming out against any of these things. No, but we watch a lot of stuff about sociopaths. So yeah. These are all. So, for instance, we were just waiting for him to be like, we're, or waiting for his stepmother to be like, well, he also fell off of his swing set and hit his head, and then he started bedwetting, and then I saw him strangling a squirrel. And it's like, oh, is he going to turn into a serial killer? Exactly. Because, you know, those are some of the checkpoints. So, overbearing father, close to his mother, uh, apparently very teased growing up, uh, even locked into a locker, and then becomes a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, holy smokes. Some of the jobs I've worked for, I had to go through three months of screening and I wasn't dealing with children. Like, I have never done anything in my life that I was caught for that I would be nervous about getting my fingerprints taken to teach children. And when I say caught for, you know, those silly things that you do when you're growing up. But if you're a person that has uh, committed, I mean, he went to jail for this. At, yeah, at, just, at, well, just skirted over it. He didn't yeah. add, directly go to jail for it, but continued to do it. And that was one of the things that the His, journalist pointed out when he was on the phone with the stepmother is that, you know, he, he continued this practice. And it was mainly because of the fact that nobody ever stopped him and that he was just able to constantly dig his feet back into the sand and keep going with what he yeah. wanted to do. Like he was caught for uh, Terry, mm-hmm. but not caught for Jane. Right. And that's what when they, were, when they were talking on the phone, she was like, well, you know about this. And he goes, yeah. And but also like he's still doing it. Right. And I think she was even shocked by that. Yeah. So the fact that he, you know, some people get caught, serial killers get caught and they just keep doing, you know, they learn new ways to do it to get away with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a bully, you know, it, 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 there's no sometimes there's no talking to bullies. But if you're somebody who is complicit in that and somebody who allows that to happen, like, that's a problem. Right. So, like, recognize the difference. Know that, you know, no, a fetish doesn't make you a bad person. Like, don't hide. Don't feel like somebody else is oppressing you or, you know, if they're trying to put you down for who you are inside, that's the problem. It's not what you feel. It's how others, you know, make you aware of that and make you feel like that's that's a problem in your own life. Um, so yeah, so the fact that he's, you know, and sadly now deceased and yeah. there's no, there's we no changing him. There's he, no, that he passed yeah. this past March, just this past March, 55, 55 years old. did not look 55. Let me tell about you, older if you that. watch this movie or if you watch this documentary, uh, when they approach him after he gets his teas at Starbucks, he did not look like he Mm-mm. was, uh, under 55 not that i'm being ageist you know I'm no but he, yeah he looks like his life has dealt like him I say, a hard blow and it's, it's how he dealt with it princess bride him... life-sucking machine mm-hmm. <laughs> well i and that being said you know there there's there's nothing wrong with uh indulging yourself in something you enjoy but when sure. you're exploiting someone else in that process that's right. something that that should definitely be uh, addressed and if you if you ever feel like you're exploited you you there 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 may be repercussions uh to try and get away from it but don't be afraid to find out what the other side of breaking away from something you feel uncomfortable uh looks like because we all make mistakes we all have different choices but you know, there's there's times that we do things that we think that will get us ahead or better ourselves or, or get us to another chapter in our life. But, you know, you just have to make sure that you're always checking back in with your heart. 
And, you know, David D'Amato, I don't think he was checking in with his heart at all. I think no. that he was checking in the fact that he was exploiting so many people. And this still happens. P.S. There are still tickling endurance competitions all around the world. Oh, yeah. So how about Or just this? tickling videos in general. Like if you're people that tickling, are doing it knowingly or not knowingly. Keep doing it. We support you 100%. Yeah, but just make away. sure it's on your terms. Right. This is your time. Your don't be bullied for anything here. you believe in and certainly don't allow it to happen. Bottom line. Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of Doc Hard. I really hope you enjoyed it. And maybe we'll see you next time. Yeah. That's been Rebecca Guerra. That's been Amy Cooey. And we've been Doc Hard. Doc Hard.